Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stevie, and if I appear paler than usual, if I appear more pasty than usual, it's because I made a f- poor food decision and had two-week-old potato salad for breakfast. And so if you see me just keel over here, this could be an epic, epic podcast. But before I die, Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, Hollywood, California. How are you today, Jeff? You made a food mistake. I, I made always um, make food mistakes. I made the world's most horrible fashion mistake. It's friggin' up my house. Do you want to see it? Oh yeah. Why wouldn't we? Look at that. It's disgusting. Oh. It's gross. It's stinking up my whole entire place. And bleh. Ohio, a cle. What is it? Why do you have a Cleveland, Ohio shirt in your house? I don't know, but it's gross. You know what, Jeff? That's it. I'm, you know what? I just, I can't, I can't right now. Wow. This will be a very quick show today. (laughs) She'll be back. She does this. She gets a little worked up. But other other, other than that, Hollywood's great. Um, You guys are back in lockdown, are you not? We're doing the mask thing and uh, just everything indoors. And, you know, it's just weird. It's like, like i don't know (laughs) it's just horrible horrible mask thing i don't it's just because wait oh look at this (laughs) what is going on where are you guys hi bud we're at we're at ashley's i'm here for boys nation Had, had to fly in yesterday we thought we'd get a we thought we would get a uh, good reaction out of you. Yeah, you got me. I had literally no idea you were out there. I guess never really <laughs> occurred to me. <laughs> All right, she's. I'm in Robert's. I'm in the husband's seat. And, and you brought the uh, the whoopie with you all the way well, from we California. We couldn't have pulled the prank off without the whoopie. The whoopie you know, is got to hand it to you guys. That was very well done. <laughs> we I had. Did you know, Miss Holly? Yeah. Well, everybody knew except for me. <laughs> well, you were you're you are the reactor. So if, here I thought I was having a reaction to the potato salad, and it just turns out you're in a different place. Are you are you down in Robert's uh studio or where yeah, yeah, I'm oh, in see, the twi- now I'm jealous. I'm in the Twitcherverse down did, here. Did you and uh did you now all right? This explains why you were texting Miss Ashley earlier too, instead of just telling me what was going on. <laughs> See? Yeah, because I needed the I needed the Wi-Fi. I couldn't get in. <laughs> wow. Well, that what? Uh, so did you did you kids go out last night or what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go? Yeah. Post eight. Do you know Post eight in DC? I think I do. Is that the one over next Wait, to the Capitol? I yeah. We just I just ruined Ashley's shout out, but yeah. <laughs> Post well, good eight for you. And uh, we hung out. Um, who do we meet? We've got Carol. Do you know Carol? Carol. Uh, I always mess up her Carlo? last name. 
Linda Mood Harlow. Linda Mood Harlow. I, maybe. I Holly know. probably does. Oh, she worked at National for the Auxiliary. And now oh, she's okay. with now she's with Honor Flights, and we're gonna pitch her to be oh, on the show. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. All right. So now you know where I am. Now you look know at where, that. Now we're now all you know set. Yeah, this yeah. also explains why I wasn't getting texts from Jeff on, on the reg. Uh, so yeah, I guess you start <laughs> up uh, you start up Boys Nation day after tomorrow or something. Yeah, I need to report tonight and then which is last week for yeah <laughs> for the yeah. show. So yeah, we'll wow. be we'll be mostly through it by the time this airs very good yeah. all right well here we let's go do let's it. let's delve right in uh it should be a shorter show today we're, we're kind of hoping but uh we'll start with topic one which uh this is uh, a necessity since we've talked about it on every other show but there is some uh, forward progress here according to the washington post the defense department eyes fort lee as temporary housing for afghan interpreters fleeing the taliban uh, the Biden administration is planning to temporarily house about 2,500 Afghans fleeing unrest in their home country at Fort Lee, Virginia, with expansion to other military bases possible in the future, U.S. officials said Monday. The Army Post, about 25 miles south of Richmond, will serve as a way station for Afghans who have passed the State Department's screening for special immigrant visas, said John Kirby, a Pentagon spokesman. The group includes interpreters and their family members. Quote, uh, these people and their families are in the very final stages of the SIV process, so there's not a need for them to be on a military installation for long before they'll work through the resettlement process. So just a few days. It's, it's a good start. Uh, but Jeff, what do you got on this? It is. It's a good start. And I want to, you know, I want to give props when props are due that uh, even though it took a lot of pressure from external sources, they are uh, doing they're moving in the right direction, trending towards doing the right thing. And in my opinion, I think this bolsters national security because other uh, allies can now trust us to yeah. do the right thing when they help us out. Yeah, I hope they keep their, their pedal down because uh, they we got a short window here and a lot of people. Ashley, what do you got on this one? Absolutely. I think you're, you're right on spot because we have to keep full speed ahead to ensure that all of these folks are taken care of and continue to, in our, our global partners eyes, you know, showcase that we're going to follow through and protect the people who have protected us and helped us significantly. I'm not a big numbers guy, but I think the numbers they had talked about earlier was around 70,000. So 2,500, clearly not 70,000, but at the very least, getting them out of there is a good step. And I know they're mm -hmm. still working on Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and Kazakhstan as sort of an intermediate point. And Guam is apparently uh, eager to have them. So I don't know. You know what? It's, it's, I'm not going to poo poo it. It's a small number, but it's a start. And I'll take a start over not a start. So over a stall. Over a stall, exactly. Over nothing happening. All right, well, let's take our first commercial break, and we will be back in 30 seconds. Delete, delete. 100 Miles for Hope is back, and we're taking it to the next level. This year, you could choose over 40 different activities and track your progress on a handy mobile app. We have sweet swag to commemorate your journey, including tech shirts, baseball caps, hoodies, pins, patches, and challenge coins. All proceeds from these purchases support veterans and military families through the Veterans and Children Foundation. Head to legion.org slash 100 miles to get started. All right. Now, now I'm, I'm still trying to get over the uh, 
fact that they are in the same building together without me. No one even bothered to invite me. I wouldn't have come, mind you, but it would have been nice to at least turn you down. <laughs> like you guys went out for my birthday and I stayed at home and went to bed at about 8:30 after watching Star Wars the Bad Batch. So not exactly fair, but that well, is on my that is on well, my watch. Your birthday. List. Yesterday yeah. was my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. I got I got to I got to I got to work all day. It was wonderful. And your new is that why you have the new baby face? I like it. Yeah, well, this Ooh. this is actually, it turns out, this is better camouflage than the beard because no one in the office recognized me. <laughs> I've worked for this organization for 23 years, and I had a lady stop me in the hall and ask me if she could help me. I, I, I don't, and I was like, no, I know where my office is. Thank you. Like, I don't know what that was all about, but yeah, it was uh, kind of entertaining to see how few people, when I first say hello to people, they gave me just the weirdest look. And then it dawns on them and you can actually see it cross their faces like, oh, that's that dude. And then they come and talk to me. Kind of funny. It's it's good for antisocial behavior. But all right. Topic two, Ashley, what do you got on this? All righty. So stand by. My screen has just went to one uh -oh. side to the other. It's Where's the trouble the with having multiple screens. No, no, no. We're good. I've, I've corrected right. it. I've corrected it. So y'all know I'm in former National Guard. Woohoo. All right. And the husband so, and is the husband. current. And he's a recruiter. So if anyone's in the DC area, let me Look know. Him up. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Look him up. Anyway. Well, I don't know. This this may not be great recruiting material. <laughs> but the National Guard is two weeks from collapse. Stalling promotions, getting training, canceling drills, leaders warn. This is a military.com article. National Guard operations are about two weeks from a grinding halt as 520 million tab to reimburse the force for protecting lawmakers during its month-long Capitol Hill mission remaining in limbo amid uh, partisan bickering. If Congress fails to act quickly, the National Guard will shut down most of its training through October 1st, this, and, or excuse me, the start of the fiscal 2022 year, General Daniel Oh, Hokuson, and uh, who is the head of the National Guard and War in Congress in May. So overall, this one includes September, August drills, if you will, annual training events, critical pre-deployment training. This was also affect about 2000 uh, guard run schools, including non-commissioned officer development courses. Uh, that would be like basic leadership course, which is needed for promotion of the National Guard. Uh, even worse, you know, uh, guard leaders are saying that troops will miss out on, you know, two months of pay, which could be, which could devastate families and make it hard for troops to uh, cover TRICARE insurance costs. Um, for example, for a specialist in the army, the most common rank missing out on two months of two months of drill will cost them around $700. If they also are scheduled for annual training, they miss out on at least $1,200 of pay. So otherwise being so, Congress and the White House need to act immediately to ensure that all National Guard is fully funded and its members are compensated for drills, missions, and deployments. Um, I know the American Legion has weighed in on this. So National Commander James uh, W. or Bill Oxford, if you shall, he basically spoke loud and proud, you know, these two, excuse me, uh, spoke loudly, you know, two years ago with partisan bickering has led to this interruption of the Coast Guard. And I think we all remember what happened to the Coast Guard, for example, when they weren't being paid. And that was pretty, 
that was pretty upsetting. And we had stepped up to provide more than $1 million, you know, in grants to help hundreds of Coast Guard families, but Congress still failed to pass the Pay Our Coast Guard Act. So now kind of retrospectively thinking about this in the Guard, it's uh, potentially might happen again. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, I would say, uh, I would say that this is an example of one of the things people will say things, and I heard it even last night, uh, what relevance does the American Legion have for me is what I've, I've heard people say. And here's one of them. They're, we're out there in the first two stories the American Legion stepped up on, first getting uh, putting pressure on the government to help the interpreters, and now putting pressure on the government to fix this pace pay snafu, which actually is a payment from the from the main government to uh, the guard to get that gap closed so they can continue to operate, so they can continue to get paid. And I know, Ashley, this can affect your household because you're a guard paid household. And uh, these things need to, these things need to be looked at. And I like, I like seeing our national commander uh, in the forefront of this. And I, I think uh, some of the things that the American Legion does behind the scenes get lost. And I do, and I appreciate the fact that uh, we're being a little more, uh, being a little more in uh, on camera about these things, being a little more um, visible is the word I was looking for. And because it's important that people know what we do and that it has relevance in veterans and even people currently serving in their lives. And it's, it's, it's disturbing to hear people question the relevance when they don't really understand the breadth and scope of all the things that we do that make people's lives better in the community, state, and of course the nation. Right. I think moreover, you know, it's not the job of a, a private nonprofit organization to pay the military. And I think yeah. when we look at, you know, bureaucracy, we, we look at the red tape and I think, you know, our volunteers who defend America deserve better and we have to continue to press. And I believe that, you know, the American Legion is doing the right thing. I know there are other organizations that are, are taking note of this and also applying pressure. What do you have to say, Mark? You've been too quiet. Yeah, too I, quiet. I hate I hate this fight because it always boils down into they call it partisan bickering here. And I'm sure both sides are going to argue their point to high heaven. The Republicans are saying, look, we don't mind paying what's owed to the National Guard, but you've got things in there that are completely unrelated to the National Guard in the bill. And the Democrats will yell, how come you hate our troops? And it's like, both of the arguments are stupid and I'm really tired of them. I hope they get this worked out. I mean, if it was just repaying the Guard, there's literally no one in Congress who opposes paying the Guard for what they've already done and giving them the budget. The question is, how much are they going to spend on completely unrelated things? So, like, should Guard reimbursement money actually be spent on people going door to door to tell you to get a vaccine? I mean, your answer, I guess, is going to differ on whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. But at the end of the day, like, I, I don't understand why these unrelated issues are going to keep the Ashley Gorbulja Maldonados of the world from not getting paid. It's just... I hate Congress. That's, I'm so glad I moved out of Washington, D.C. and moved to Indiana where I don't have to deal with them anymore because this is just straight up posturing. Just pay the bill that you owe. That's it. I mean, it really do, you, do you need a congressional bill to pay a bill that is owed? 
is it is it yeah a new, essentially, is it a new I mean, budget item now yeah so this is the same well they're gonna they're gonna say that it's it's going to be like continuing appropriations or emergency funding so they'll they'll say you know it's emergency funding we didn't expect the january 6th riots and also we need eight million dollars for the endangered snail darter in central oregon and it's like yeah but those things are not at all related and they'll just fight about it and they'll fight about it until somebody doesn't get paid and then the entire american populace will get upset with it and they'll finally pass something but it's just this happens all the time. It, it actually happened to me at basic training too. I went, I reported for basic training. I think it was on September 8th and the army promptly ran out of money. So I sat at reception battalion for over a month because they didn't have enough money to send us downrange to actual basic training. It's mm -hmm. so this happens. It's always dumb. If you go, if you're joining the military, don't go in September. That would be my advice. Go in October when they've got yeah all the new ammunition and all the funds and everything else don't go in September. Yeah. I just, I think about all the challenges that, that kind of, you know, will trickle down from this, right? So American pop, American population hears about this, like, Oh, you know, they don't take care of our troops. Therefore, yeah. why would I join? Why would I serve? Right. Or, you know, it just, it just then perpetuates this like vicious cycle of misunderstanding of service. And yeah, but it gives one of the political parties a chance to win. Like, oh. no, there's no winners here. You're both losers. Pay the bill. <laughs> I think that should be the title of this episode. Yeah. Congress, you're both losers. Both. Yeah. Just pay the damn bill. The guys need to get paid. All right, Jeff, we're moving on to you. What do you got for us today? All right. Uh, topic three is me. Uh, Gomorrah's galore. Uh, punishments to be issued for unvaccinated troops caught unmasked at Fort Knox. This is an Army Times story. Leaders at Fort Knox, Kentucky will punish dozens of soldiers unvaccinated against COVID-19 who are caught entering on post facilities without wearing a face mask that last week, Army officials confirmed. The Fort Knox Senior Commander Major General John Evans and other commanding generals across Fort Knox are preparing to issue approximately 40 general officer memoranda of reprimand to individuals found to have violated general order number one dated 17 may 2021 said fort knox spokesperson kyle hodges in a statement emailed to army times so gomar's a dreaded form of administrative punishment considered to be a career killer when included in a soldier's permanent personnel file though the army has faced criticism in the past for utilizing them and other administrative punishments in lieu of court-martial proceedings for more serious infractions of discipline the reprimands are among the first publicly acknowledged punishments for U.S. troops who have declined the COVID-19 vaccine but failed to wear masks. Uh, what do you? What do we? What do we got on this? I, I'll go on this one. Here, here's the thing: like, you don't want to get the vaccine. Okay, you, you're arguing that it's, you know, it's not proven yet that we don't have enough evidence. Okay, fine. The army policy is pretty simple. If you haven't got the vaccine, you wear the mask. If you get the vaccine, you don't have to wear the mask. It's an either or proposition. What you can't do is both. And, you know, at the end of the day, you got caught not wearing your mask. Like, I don't want to wear a mask. I can't stand wearing the mask. I hate going to the airport because I got to wear a mask. But you know what? At the end of the day, I wear the stupid mask. And I'm not even, you know, like I'm not in the army anymore. But like, I get it. You don't want to wear the mask. You don't want to get the vaccine. Well, you got to pick one. End of story. Like, it's a policy. Whether you like it or not, there are many army policies I did not like. Not being able to have a beard 
was kind of high on my list. All the SF guys <laughs> got to wear beards. I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a protective mask within 500 miles of where I was. I wanted. They said no beards. Okay, no beard. I shaved. You know what? When you join the army, it's not all going to be rainbows and puppy kisses. I got news for you, rainbows Ashley. And rainbows and puppy kisses. Yeah. Mm. This is one of those moments. Kisses. The policy suck. Get used to it. I I agree with you. I mean, there is just you got to pick one. Like you, you either wear a mask or you get vaccinated. Like it's pr- like for me, it's pretty cut and dry from a policy standpoint. Like there, it's being enacted for others and the entire like well-being of the community and population. Like I'm sure, I'm sure there's lane. libertarian uh, barracks lawyers out there that are like it's an untested thing. And then the mask doesn't do any good. And it's like, okay, great. I, I, I wasn't aware you're a health policy expert, but you need to get out of the military and go work for the CDC because we've got to bottle all of your knowledge right now. <laughs> but in the meantime, as long as you're serving in the army, do what they tell you. It's pretty simple. You. I'm going to jump. What you said, Mark, is kind of what I wanted to say. It's like, you're going to choose. This is what you're going to choose out of all of the things that people in the military are told to do, don't understand, disagree with, and all of that. And it's because of a bigger problem. And I call them political scientists. And no, that's not one of the majors that I had in college. It's people whose science depends on their politics. Mm -hmm. And, And they're bringing it into the military. We don't need that brand of political science in the military. Uh, it's fine on Facebook, whatever. I can argue with you and laugh at you and, and do those yeah. kinds of things. But that's, and that's where that's for. The military, you don't question or disobey the order. So, and, and we're all in agreement on that. The, the part of the story that I'm a little confused on because I've never actually ever heard of a general officer memoranda of reprimand. Uh, uh, apparently it's because I it doesn't generally happen to us lower enlisted types this is gotcha. this is when a lieutenant really screws up but you don't want to drum him out you just want him to do his time and say so goodbye the, so getting this is is that is that in itself an overreaction so i believe you have the soldiers overreacting to their firmly held belief that the vaccine and the mask are both violations of their freedom and liberty then you have this general who's like what's the most what's the most powerful piece of paper i can slam down on them and put in their file and destroy their career i think uh, you know i mean it's a letter in your file it can be dispensed with as easily it was quite e- quite a bit more easy actually than it was even written right so i, I mean the one fear i would have was you got a bunch of e4s who didn't wear their mask and now you're like, all right, dude, this is this is it for you. You're out. Like now they have no, like they have no reason to follow the orders too closely. It's just gonna breed people like, well, I'm never obviously re-upping, so might as well go out and, and well then do you what get, I want. Yeah, you get dudes Woo-hoo. jumping out of airplanes with fighting Chinese fish, and you get all kinds of the other idiocy we usually see in the last 30 days of, a, of an enlistment. I, I, you know, I I don't think it. I think it's this is big army trying to look tough and in the end it really won't matter to anything i think it's just a shot across the bow to everybody else go get your shot or wear the mask you know you got two options pick one 
So there you go. All right, let's go to uh, ad break number two here. We will be back in 30 seconds. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your communities, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. All right, we are back for rapid fire, which is going to be rapider than most. All right, uh, this was kind of an interesting story. I thought, uh, if only because I happened to watch a documentary that was related to this yesterday, um, the Navy should build battle taxi variants of Columbia class subs to carry Marine commandos. This is from Forbes. Uh, as the United States refreshes the nuclear triad, gathering up to build 12 big Columbia-class ballistic missile submarines, the U.S. Marine Corps is exploring the feasibility of dispersed operations, de-emphasizing legacy land-on-the-beach amphibious assault concepts for smaller, more agile, raider-like teams. One of these new assets for the new battlefield might well be a submarine dedicated to amphibious assault, and I'm not going to go through all the rest of it. But basically what they're talking about is uh, the days of mass marine landings at Iwo Jima or whatever may be over. And now they're looking at possibly submarines for insertion and exfil. Jeff, what do you think about this? I, I, I actually kind of like this. It's, uh, I, I, this is a good pivot. Uh, whereas before, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of losing the tank, all the tanks, because there's things that only tanks can do. So, but I, I do like this. I, I always thought it was an inefficient uh, use of human life. The big massive amphibious assault with they're waiting for you and just, you've seen the beginnings of war movies of these things. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a great, uh, it's just not, it's not a great tactic if you value uh, not just human life, because we all value human life, but the training dollars and everything that goes into creating that warrior. And to just have them gunned down on the beach, like it's just like target practice until you get so far in. And I and I think this is this is probably a better way of doing it. So I'm I'm in full support. Ashley, I too am in full support. I think anything that will improve, you know, the overall welfare and uh, safety of our troops, we should be exploring not just in this, but of course, in other vehicles and other ways that, you know, warfare has changed, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah. like, because I was thinking, if you look at back at, how, at our first war in Afghanistan, we had just, you know, the special ops guys, just like 20 dudes riding horses and donkeys that they don't know how to ride. We just got guys running everywhere and we managed to roll up the country pretty fast with small things. Like it would have been significantly worse. I think if we had just massed on the border and then gone in. So I'm with Jeff, like I'm a big fan of small unit operations at the very least. Once you get one group of them running, it's a heck of a lot easier to get the rest of them running and inserting. I, I mean, it seems I don't know. It sounds kind of cool to me if I was a Marine and they were like, all right, dude, we're taking this sub and then we're going to beach and then we're going to go do long run. Like, that's awesome. Like, I'm all about going in the sub and landing on the beach. I, I don't know. It seemed pretty cool to me. So 
All right, uh, let's see here. Rapid Fire 2. This one cracks me up. Uh, this is from the Army Times. 100, 100, well, actually 100 plus, night vision goggles missing at Fort Hood. Uh, special agents from Fort Hood CID detachment are investigating the potential theft of more than 100 missing night vision goggles. Three Corps officials confirmed the Army Times. Um, Fort Hood is investigating missing monocular night vision devices from a maintenance facility at Fort Hood. Currently, the missing equipment has no immediate impact on unit readiness. You guys have both had NVGs issued to you. We <laughs> had to have checked serial numbers twice a day, every day. Uh, it, like it had to be like the sergeants had to go and actually read the number off there. And they're just missing 100 of them. Not a great look. You didn't need night vision goggles or any other sight enhancing technology to figure out that this happened at Fort Hood. I mean, they're the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, I, I think don't it's know. Fort we wouldn't even have. Oh, no, this is Fort Hood. Oh, it is Fort Hood. Yeah, Fort yeah. Hood. you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, yeah. they're the gift. They make our show. We should thank them. Ashley, when you had NVGs and you did have them on you, they were behind. They were in like, the arms locker, right? Arms locker, lock and key. Right. Several people in your way, like including supply sergeant, platoon right. sergeant. Everything was caged up and it was in like a double like locked doors. Then you'd have all the cage locked. Oh, yeah. So There's I mean, no like, way. like I, I, I don't know mm -hmm. if this is some sort of Ocean's Eleven type, you know, like who wants a hundred NVGs that's just the monocle one? The monocle one is not really easy to see anything yet. I don't know. I, I mean, I hope they get a lot for them, but it seems crazy to me. I hope they get a lot <laughs> for them. And is this a good thing or a bad thing that has no immediate impact on unit readiness? A hundred. Well, it's apparently they were all they were like ones that were being refurbished or whatever. But it's like, all right, so you normally Ew. keep them behind a twelve-inch steel wall, and now you're just what keeping them laid out in a parking lot on a poncho? I I, I, don't, I don't like. <laughs> How does one get a hundred? And what do you do with Doing showdowns? MVGs? You know, they're they're checking out. They're gonna make sure all the gears there. You know, yes. you got it needs you need space. You're gonna need two whoobies. You gotta just lay it down and organize. No, I completely agree. Every one of us has gone through CIF at one point where you return your mm -hmm. rubber boots that are like still in the plastic, and the supply sergeant's like, "Oh, they're still dirty. You need to clean yeah. those up." And it's like, dude, it never came out of the bag. Definitely That's had the, that now the supply sergeants are getting their comeuppance. Like the entire. I, I guess it would be the S4 shop for Fort Hood lost 100 MVGs. Like that would be my, it's like, dude, your shovel's dirty. Dude, you lost 100 MVGs. Like you got nothing to say on this one. <laughs> I, it, it, you're right. It, 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 it's so Fort Hood, it hurts. All right. So, uh, so this, uh, this is kind of a nice one, uh, timely, because uh, we're about to head into the Olympics here. Uh, immigrant turned U.S. Army soldier slash runner headed to Tokyo. I'll be doing this for the United States. And this is about specialist for Bernard Keeter, a soldier athlete with the Army's world-class athlete program, who's representing the USA and the U.S. military during the 2020 Olympics. My goal at the Olympics is don't let them down, Keeter said as supporters. I'm doing this for the United States, doing it for the Army, doing it for myself, doing it for my family. And I thought of this earlier because, as Jeff said, you know, our treatment of the Afghans is going to is going to help us in the future or hurt us in the future. But what makes Keeter so special is that he's from he's actually from Kenya. He was not born an American citizen. He got recruited to come here on a track and field scholarship where he went to Texas Tech. 
uh, guns up. Shout out to my Texas Tech folks. Uh, but he now is not just representing the United States, his adopted country, but he's representing his adopted military service. I think it's a spectacular story. And I, I don't usually watch running, but I guess I'll be watching to root for Bernard Keeter. Jeff, what do you think on this one? I think it's a great story. I think it illustrates why we do need to take care of people. And I'm super excited to see the the tear jerking production that the the Olympic videos staff is going to make on this guy. You know, have him running in his home country with stuff going on. It's a chariots of fire music in the background. He's been he's been running his whole life. Right now, right, running for America. Wait a minute. Do you think they will try to oversell this with a tearjerker movie? (laughs) Jeff, how dare you? The Olympics? Never. Yeah, I I mean, I watched watched nothing but curling anyway, but it's like if one of them gets a hangnail, they'll have like ominous music in the background. You know, it's like, yeah, we got it. (laughs) We understand what you're saying. This is a good story, though. Love it. Ash, what do you think? I love a good inspiration tale, so I'm really excited for Special Spinner Cure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing him come with some, come home with some gold. How, how did you like my half humming whatever the chariots of fire music? It was beautiful. You my wife, so by talented. the way, I, this showed up on Facebook the other day. My wife did not know there was a difference between the movies Chariots of Fire and Ben Hur. Hmm. The movies literally have absolutely nothing in common one of them has jesus and it's not chariots of fire uh just i don't i don't know i it just popped up the other day and i was thinking of it she doesn't listen to this does she because you're gonna be in big oh i don't think so i I hope not uh oh actually you know what i do know that she when i'm not home she plays the video for my kids because she took a video of my son talking to me when i was doing the podcast and he was showing me his new batmobile so Mm -hmm. maybe i guess Sorry, hon. Don't yell at me. All right. Uh, let's see. Rapid fire four. This one kind of cracked me up too. Marines are testing drones that fly from grenade launchers. It's pretty cool. But the Marines in an experimental infantry battalion in North Carolina recently tested seven inch long drones that can be fired from a grenade launcher that can do surveillance or run suicide missions with precision strike accuracy at close range. The drone weighs less than half a pound. Once launched, it extends to seven inches, can fly for 30 to 60 minutes, and has a maximum range of 20 kilometers. Here's my question. If it can fly 20 kilometers, why are we firing it from a grenade launcher? Like, it seems like a little bit of overkill. Like, why not just go like, okay, go, little drone, go, fly. (laughs) But instead, we have to shoot it out of a grenade launcher. Seems like a cool idea. I'm just not sure. Jeff, what do you think? I just think of Tim the Toolman Taylor. That's yeah. why you do it just because. Right. It's there. Like, it's there. why did you climb Mount Everest? <laughs> because it was there. It's why there. did you fire a drone out of an M203 grenade launcher? Why wouldn't I? Why like, would <laughs> that sounds awesome? <laughs> I mean, it does sound awesome. I just I'm trying to envision a scenario where you're like, all right, drone, I need you to fly 40 miles. So I'm gonna shoot you. 400 meters into the air out of my 203 and then you go do your thing and then what do you do you like you shoot it and then drop everything you grab the joystick and fly i don't know the whole it seems like a modern day idiotic pentathlon type thing where you have to you know you have to it's like a biathlon instead of skiing and then shooting you're firing your 203 grenade launcher and then flying a drone 20 miles it's like well you could have just flown it 20.1 miles instead of using the grenade launcher but whatever ashley thoughts 
it sounds like something out of a video game, right? right? Like, you know how, like, you, like, scroll through all the options, and, like, you, in any of your first, you know, first first person shooter games, right? Like, you can go and you collect loot and, you know, money and, you yeah. know, all this ammo and you can swap out your weapons. Like, I just picture, like, stationary, like, you know, I just picture a Marine and then all of a sudden, like, this scroll bar comes through. Right. What? What should I choose? Hmm. Grenade launcher with drone. Right. Got it. And then like. Just... Yeah. You come off. There's a weapons cache. You hit the little X button. Yes. And it's like, do you want extra ammunition for your machine gun? Or would you like these grenade launched drone yeah. something? Oh, I'll take off. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You're like going to a trader or something on one of the things. And you're like, mm, I need to make, I need all these parts to have a grenade drone launcher. Meanwhile, there's some 10 year old kid from Topeka, Kansas running around shooting you and, and squatting on your respawn <laughs> yeah. point, but you know, it is what it is. So. It also would make a better, better recruiting poster than just some kid with a, you know, joystick, you know, Marines launch, Marines launch drones in Marine Corps way. Yeah. I'm, I'm always a big fan of that sort of meme thing too. Like, you know, they, how it started versus how it's going. You see like the army commercials and like everyone's on helicopters and you're like storming the beaches and you're running into machine gun fire. And then the, how it's actually going. And you have this guy who's like burning poop in a can overseas. And is like, yeah. <laughs> or you're just sitting in a guard tower going, wow, this sucks. Like, that's what this is. They will show, they will show commercials like you too can fire a drone from a grenade launcher. And then there'll be like 50 guys online picking up some remnants of the drone. Like you, you're doing a police call. It, I don't know. I guess it's a good idea, but I, I don't know. I could just see the police call. Everyone's like, okay, we can't leave here until we find the drone. Right. Every last piece of that such drone. such and such decided to be a good idea to shoot it off range. And now we got to shut it down. You can just see it already. Or, or he shoots somebody else with the drone. Like, yeah. I, you know, like in the grenade, Oops. you have to rotate, what, 46 times or whatever the heck it is. The drone, I'm thinking, doesn't probably need to do that. It, comes out, hits a guy in the head, and then the drone flies off. Yeah, I, I, I just don't picture know. like you know, I've I've shot a grenade launcher for a lot of non-lethal stuff for KRF, and like I just I just picture it, and I kind of imagine like a Nerf gun with like right. a really specialty attachment to it, and it just like you ever seen those like um oh those toy like airplanes and stuff or like the cars or whatever, and you have yes. to like rev them up on the track. Right. Like, that's what I picture, and I just see it going just like shooting <laughs> off. <laughs> I, Sorry, I think that's hilarious. I think the grenade noise, by the way, from the M203 is the coolest noise ever. Because it's just like thunk, thunk, thunk. thunk. I love thunk. I love the noise. Always gets me revved up. Yeah. All right. So well, there you go. Now we'll be able to shoot drones out of it for <laughs> reasons that really escape me. Maybe you can come off the submarine, you can land on the beach, and then you can fire your grenade launch drone, and then it will do the rest of the work for you, which makes it a lot easier. Jeff, what do you what about you? You got a shout out today? I'm going to do a shout. We're doing all shout outs from last night. So uh, my shout out will be to Carol Lindemood Harlow and uh, Honor Flight and the work that they do and uh, just all around great people, great mission, great purpose. That's it. Ashley? 
Okay. So I'm going to do an at-large shout out to the Kenneth uh, Nash Post 8, which is in DC that Jeff and I visited and and met Carol and and Julie and Jason and Stacey, all all of the amazing folks that operate and run that post and continue to do wonderful things for our community. So I just want to say thank you for the hospitality, the fun, the laughs, and also helping me entertain Jeff Daly. All right, my shout out's not really a shout out, but we are, when this airs, I think, what, three weeks out from national convention, and the three of us will all finally be in the same room at the same time, so we anyone listening to this, yeah. And it feels so good. Oh, I don't yeah. know, it's it's an, it's nine days of forced <laughs> interaction with other people, I, I don't know how well I'll do. You should come visit me on day nine, which really might be lively. Uh, but yeah, and I have no schedule for it yet, so I don't know what we're doing, but make sure that if you are at convention, you come and see us because we actually would like to meet you and I'm not nearly as uh, big a jerk as I sometimes appear on TV. Guys, anything uh, for the good of the cause? No. Yeah, that's it. I got, I got nothing. I, I can't wait for convention either. And I do hope a lot of people come by the booth. I think we're going to get a lot of accidental traffic because they're going to be right next to the My Legion. Yeah. And they're going to, <laughs> oh, they're, they're oh, going to yeah. be, they're going to be busy. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are wildly popular right now and I recognize <laughs> that. Uh, but when you're, when you're done talking to them, if you're still uh, in your right mind, please come visit us. Uh, Jeff, have fun at Boys Nation. Uh, better you than me. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> Uh, Ashley, tell my hubby I am absolutely going to devote your hubby. Oh, he's devote. gonna love. You said my hubby. Well, yeah, I'm using that oh, euphemistically to... as yours, but let him know that I am mm. because he got there mad at me shared and stormed feelings off. You don't Ash... want to talk he, about. He stormed off, and you all I want to do is together. Now you miss his face and mouth. Oh, you miss him. I don't know that I would go quite that far, but thank you for that rendition. But I am going to watch Loki this weekend. So I will be prepared to talk to him. I might watch uh, Black Widow, but I don't know. Watching Mm. two new things in a weekend is a little more than I'm (laughs) capable of, I think. So, all right, everyone else, everyone else, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Leva podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. While you're there, don't forget to rate us. You can also send us feedback and love notes at tangoalphalima at leejones.org. All right, folks, we will see you next week. Bye.